already having fun. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Good Film Hunting, the podcast where two sisters living in different parts of the country talk about movies that they love from their childhood. Um, and we're here tonight with two very special guests to talk about a very special movie. So we're going to start with um, our guest here in Chicago. So do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Uh, first off, Eleanor and Annie, thank you for having me. This is going to be one of many, I feel. My name is Peter Stoll. Um, I live here in the Chicagoland area. And this is actually my first podcast ever. I'm, I, and it's so funny because I just recently even became a fan of podcasts. I didn't even know what they were until about, <laughs> speaking of bad, bad at technology, I didn't even know what they were until about three months ago. When I was just driving to work and I got so sick of listening to music on the radio all the time that I'm like, we've got to be something yeah. better. Yeah. And so I like, I pulled up some podcasts, like history ones and, and uh, just a bunch of different podcasts and I've been listening to them ever since. So I'm like, I, when I heard you guys are doing it, I'm like, I got to do this. Yeah. You'll come back. Don't worry. This won't be your only rodeo. <laughs> oh yeah. Absolutely. So thank you again and I'm uh, looking forward to it. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, and then our other guest tonight is Kelsey Moore, who lives in Los Angeles. Um, And maybe a little bit about yourself. (laughs) Yes! Hello. Hello. My name is Kelsey Moore, and I'm Eleanor's former roommate and classmate and current friend. (laughs) (laughs) Or former. I live in Los Angeles, and I actually work in a film archive locally here. And so I'm just very excited to be here and chat about movies. Like, we don't do that every day. I know, right? (laughs) Kelsey is also calling herself in the sense that she's a published critic. Got it! What up? (laughs) Yep. You're yeah, our Kelsey, cynical and even about your writing lifestyle. Yeah, uh, don't be cynical about our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm currently interning for a website called Women in Hollywood, and we Ooh. focus on anything women centric that's happening in Hollywood right now. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I work for them. I write for them. I love them. So, how much did you love Big Little Lies? Is that what that's called? Oh. Little Big Lies. Some yes. order of words. Big Little Eyes. I, I'm obsessed with it. I loved it. Did I you, ate it Okay, up. I watched it this weekend, and part of it was filmed at the Hollyhock House in mm-hmm. Barnsdale Park, yeah. and I was like, I don't know where that is. I have not watched it yet, but it is, like, on my list. So It is superb. Okay. It's really white, but it's superb. <laughs> Zoe Kravitz is in it. What is it? Yeah. It, it, what is Big Little Lies. It's a movie then, or it's a documentary. A TV show. Oh. It's on HBO. Limited series is technically the term. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. But it's on HBO, okay. and it has like, and, like directed by a woman or star. No, Jean Marc Jean Marc Vallet. He directed Dallas Buyers Club and Wild. Oh, okay. Isn't that but interesting? It, a lot of big time movie producers, directors, they're all doing actors. Even they're all doing miniseries now. Yes. Mm-hmm. They like that. Yeah, Western stars Reese Witherspoon, Laura Dern, Nicole Kidman, Shailene, Shailene Woodley, Zoe Kravitz, um, Adam Scott, <laughs> Adam Scott, who like weirdly lip sings at one point. <laughs> I mean, like, also, yeah. <laughs> like listen to that lineup in a TV show. Like, I guess I it's like a premium TV show, but. Oh, and Alexander Skarsgård. Today yeah. we had a, weirdly enough, today at lunch we had a big conversation with my coworkers about the difference between Alexander Skarsgård and Peter Sarsgård. 
<laughs> it took like a good 20 minutes to establish that they're not the same person. Wait, really? <laughs> That's like kind of sad for their lives. But okay, anyway, let's jump into our first segment. So our first segment here on Good Film Hunting is we talk about one thing from this week that like made us really happy. So like our favorite thing, it could be from pop culture, it could be a news story, it could be anything you really want. So um, does anyone want to start? I have one, but I don't have to be the first. Should I be the first? Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna jump in. Um, so I played this guy for my roommate and Pete earlier. Um, but there's this guy from Detroit who his name is like Quinn X C I I, and I don't even know really what he does with his life. But he has this song called Straight Jacket, and literally the first line of the song is like, "She's a psycho from a Midwest suburb." And I just really connected with that line. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, I think you sent me that song and I listened to it. I was like, wow, this is Annie in a nutshell. Exactly. I really connected with it on a deep level. Um, so I'm kind of obsessed with him right now because he has this other song called Make Time, which is also very, like, very much speaks to my life because I feel like I always want to hang out with people, but I'm like, oh, like, let me just make some time. And that's literally what the show is about. It's like, I'm trying, I'm trying. Just let me make some time. Um, so I'm feeling him. Detroit. Reppin'. All right. Yes, more wine! <laughs> what? What California grape is that now? <laughs> We're sticking with the Sauvignon Blanc. The cheap Ooh. grape. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, the backyard grape. Yeah, Pete, when you come out to California, we can do a wine weekend. There's so many great ones. I know, we were just talking. He's never been to L.A. It's real. Yeah, no, I, I've never been to Southern California in general. Just just the northern parts. Oh, you're talking to a native, so. Oh! Native. <laughs> Of L.A. or San Diego or where? Southern California. I'm from the Inland Empire. It's a like suburban area about a, an hour away from Los Angeles. Oh, People don't like to talk about it much. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. Um, if you have an idea of like crazy ex-girlfriend, that's kind of. Yeah, my grandparents do live in West Covina. So. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, like oh, oh, sorry. We're watching a great moment from heavyweights right now they're jumping on the blob do you guys remember the blob not as well as you do <laughs> the blob is great well the blob growing up was what we all wanted after watching this movie that we all wanted in summer camp it's where it's this big inflatable boy yeah that they just put in the water and one person jumps on there and climbs to the end and then the other kid jumps and just launches them <laughs> And just flies them. Because they're all really fat. Oh, okay. man. Like, this, that would be the best camp to use the blob. It's something about the 90s that, like, made fatness, like, a requirement for humor. Because do you remember that Nickelodeon show that was supposed to be, like, SNL, all that? All that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That one woman who was just, like, fat. That was, like, her <laughs> one role. Right. She did, like, she did, like, the weekend update segment of that I show. know exactly who you're talking about. Uh, and if, I, if you had a lineup. She was dodgeball and played again, like, just, like, the fat. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, Keenan, Keenan from Keenan and Kel is in Heavyweights. This movie, he he, uh, Keenan and Kel, wasn't Keenan and Kel part of all that? Yeah, he was. It was on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. But then also the really fat guy from. Um, this sounds so bad. The my 
Mighty Ducks franchise. And Goldberg. Yes, Goldberg, Goldberg yeah. in Heavyweight. Also, oh my gosh, wait, no, sorry. This will tie into so many conversations. So you know in D3, the Mighty Ducks. Yes, I love that movie. Okay, keep you know talking. The coach who replaces Gordon Bombay. Yeah, sure. Okay, he I'm, plays Lord Jim's husband in Big Little Lies. That's right. Okay, well, we who have, is the coach that replaces Gordon Bombay? Because I, I've okay. seen those movies many a time. The three. Russian guy, no, Wolfgang. No, 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 no. Mo, Google this. T three. Don't really like him, and then they found he has someone who has a disability, and then exactly what happens, Eleanor. Okay, but I'm still the only person who said what she liked about this week. <laughs> Wait a second. Okay. I can say what I liked, which okay. is not. I'm going to go um, outside the realm of pop culture and just be like, I am currently like obsessive compulsive about flowers in a way that I never thought I would like. I'm not going to lie to you guys. When California gets rain, it was a miserable winter. I hated being wet. But damn these flowers. What? Wait, like, what does it get um, like? How bad is There are flowers everywhere. Just popping up from be, how wet it was? Yeah, just popping up. <laughs> and that's, like, you'll be in front of like a subway, like a place that should be gross, and it'll have these beautiful bushes, and you're like, damn. That was also like probably a bad sentence. Um, if we were people who edited, we would edit that out, but we're going to keep <laughs> so, it. So, so in LA, it's winters are barely cold, and it gets a little wet, and then it gets when it gets really bad. Beautiful flowers pop out of the sidewalk. <laughs> it really sucks, <laughs> doesn't it? Well, it rained so much this season Man. that we've now exited our drought emergency. Officially, state. officially. So the governor said the drought is over. It was actually. Congrats, friends! I'll drink water. Yeah, cheers. Drink some water for you. Oh my gosh! Mm -hmm. So when I come to visit, I won't have to take like a three-minute-long shower. I can extend no. that time now. Yes. Even though today, Francesca was telling me that though I've been taking short showers, I've been doing the California shower wrong. Because what I'm supposed to do is like put shampoo on, then turn the water off, and then and lather, and then turn the water on. And I'm like, that seems like too That's much. tough. <laughs> it's like turning the hot water off and not wrapping yourself in a towel is tough. That's too much work. But it's warm there, so you don't have to worry about being cold. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Like the first time... I mean, it's so tough that the first time I realized in the wintertime, getting out of a shower and getting onto the floor, I went to a buddy's grandma's house and she had heated floors. And it was like, I, the first thing I do when I get my house is get a heated floor in the bathroom. I do have to admit that being in like the cold Midwest and getting out of a shower, I have to have a bathrobe. And my bathrobe is like really intense. And very warm, and it makes me look like Santa. Oh, the bathrobes are key. Do you guys air dry out there? <laughs> <laughs> if I fill up to it, definitely. <laughs> That's a conversation for more wine. <laughs> and one that my students won't listen to. Yes! <laughs> How many, do you guys got a lot of followers on this podcast? I mean, do people? I mean, yeah, we, so as of today. We have way too many. That's awesome. No, we've had 4,852 listens as of today. <laughs> Damn. How many podcasts have you guys done? Uh, we've done a fair number. We probably have like 40. Okay. But anyway, okay, you guys need to talk about what you liked about this week. Okay. I got a good one because this doesn't happen very often. 
And I, I quit my, I didn't technically quit my job today, but I put my, my yeah, you did. Set. Yeah. Woo. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Claps for Pete. I was really nervous going in because I, I mean, I, I just don't like the job. Oh, I liked the job, but I was getting sick of the work environment. Yeah. So, so I got a new job and I accepted the, uh, the offer on Friday and it was in the afternoon. And, uh, by the time I went back in to tell my boss, my manager that, the job was accepted. He was already gone for the weekend. So I was like, uh oh. Um, because it was a problem because I was like, Can I can I give my current job two weeks notice? And they're like, uh, that's a pretty firm start date of next Monday. So I, I was like, uh oh. <laughs> so now I gotta get into work on Monday morning and like Be like Friday. Yeah, it's Friday's my last day. But I was like, all right, I'm gonna get there first thing, seven AM, I'm gonna tell them. And I got there first thing, seven AM and the nerves kicked in. I'm like, Oh boy. <laughs> He's, re- he's really going to let me have it. And so I, I, I kept pacing back and forth and, you know, walking around like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? Until 1130. And then I finally, yeah, I finally built up the courage because that's how bad I felt. Because, oh, God. You know, like, it's just like. Catholic I, guilt, it runs deep. Yeah. Catholic guilt runs so deep. <laughs> that Irish Catholic guilt runs so deep and so true it took you that it took me half. four and a half hours to, like, build up the courage to go in there. <laughs> But and you like, did it. Yeah, and you know what? This guy, he's like really. I mean, they're it's a family-owned company, and they're a great family and really nice people. But they're all they have like we have the Irish Catholic guilt. So do they because they're an Irish Catholic family. They also have the they also <laughs> they also have the Irish Catholic fury. And so, so I was a little I was a little nervous going in, but he actually it was he was really nice about it, and now it's on to bigger and better things. Cheers! Yeah. <laughs> All the cheers. We should add wine to every single one of these things now. Alcohol is definitely now on the podcast. (laughs) Okay, Kelsey, how about you? Um, I guess mine's a little sadistic, but I was excited to learn that Ghost in the Shell is going to lose $60 million. Um, (laughs) (laughs) $60 million? I just wrote a piece on it today, so that's like been on my mind for a few weeks now. And it's not doing well, and so I'm hoping that'll kind of help um, the whitewashing. Yeah, the whitewashing of Hollywood and producers sort of wake up and realize that this shit doesn't work anymore. So good, I like it. I like how like so. So Kelsey, how did you discover this? Did you like wake up in the morning, like make yourself a nice cup of Joe, and (laughs) open the paper and read it, and just get through? Basically, yeah. (laughs) I've been tracking the. Asian representation in Hollywood for some time now, so it's been on my it's been on my radar. Wait, okay, can we also talk about how great it is that like only eight people saw a Shia LaBeouf movie in England? Like, did you guys hear yes. about that? It sold its premiere sold yes. two tickets, and then the next night there were six more tickets sold, and then it ended its run. So <laughs> eight people saw this movie. Well, he's- honestly. Here's the thing is Shia LaBeouf is a performance artist and oh actually if I'm going to change mine to be a little bit of pop culture my favorite work of performance art recently was definitely the series of Johnny Romano snapshots. Yes! From- <laughs> Wait have you seen it? No. Oh I need to show no. you. He made an oh, amazing. He, you have to watch the whole video. Yeah. Johnny Romano's yeah. the complete collection. It is it's the amazing. best thing in the world. I'll show it to you. <laughs> It is a performance the called best hashtag Ted So Lonely. And then it's just like images of like everyone else like having fun and then Ted by himself on this cruise and like keep getting rejected by girls. <laughs> but, but also the most amazing oh. thing 
is Teddy's friend Stefan plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So he's like a bunch of followers on Instagram, right? He posted it to Instagram. There are like 8,000 views to this video. And it's like, this is amazing because it's the most embarrassing thing ever. Oh, I love it. Okay. Yeah. Like just, to, we'll give you a preview. So there's Teddy sitting by himself eating brunch. <laughs> And he always, he's like, Teddy just alone. So, so John is just following Teddy through his ventures? Alone. Oh, yeah. Alone and it's scared? It's so funny. It's so it's funny. the best thing in the world. Anyway. Okay. So now that we are, what, like 15 minutes into, oh, 16 minutes into our podcast, we should definitely start talking about heavyweights. <laughs> so... Pete, you chose this movie. Why did you choose Heavyweights? I chose, because you mentioned, choose a movie that reminds you of your childhood. And I probably watched this movie close to 100 times as a kid. Really? I, I don't know. I just loved it. And I remember the first time I ever saw it. Uh, this is when we lived in West Palm Beach, Florida. I was at my, my friend uh, Trace Vance's house. I remember this like it was yesterday. Wait, that's an amazing name also. Trey. We go, Trey. I think it was. I think he should be in a boy band. He, he should be in a it, Yeah, I, I mean, he had the blonde hair. He had like he, the, he had the he, the good looks, the blonde hair. He could have. The next Justin Timberlake. Oh yeah, yeah. Except with even better dance moves. I, I saw him in the third wow. grade dance. <laughs> I pray. But no, I was over at his house, and he just had the coolest house in the world. It was on about, I think it was ten acres, in this like swamp. <laughs> and we were four wheeling all day, and then at the end of each day, what we would do uh, watch at, at, heavyweights. At, no, <laughs> before we watch heavyweights, before, like to get real tired because we weren't super tired from the four wheeler, is we would run over to the like the the river, the back river where it would run through his backyard, and, and we, fight crocodiles. We would throw grapefruit at the alligators to really upset them. So. Yeah, so there would be, you'd see, and we would climb up into his treehouse because, you know, we wouldn't face these things man to man. No. So we would climb up into his treehouse, and in the tr his treehouse was built in like a starfruit tree, I think it was. Like, like a starfruit. Do you guys okay. know what that is? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and starfruit or grapefruit tree or something. But anyway, we would gather a bunch of ammo, and we'd go up there, and we would just chuck, we'd, like, when their heads would peek up above the water, we would chuck a fruit at them, and it would hit them square in the head. And then, you know, the risk was getting out of the treehouse and running back to the house. Right. That, that was the risk. <laughs> so we we did that, and we just got in. We were so exhausted. And we're like, you know, I think his mom ordered us a pizza, and <laughs> we we rented a movie. We, oh, we we rented two movies. His dad rented us two movies: Waterworld and Heavyweights. I've never and seen Waterworld. Waterworld. Waterworld is still the best show at Universal Studios Hollywood. And I oh, one hundred percent. I see that. It's so good. Mm -hmm. I haven't. I have never seen that movie. Oh, it's 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 an old classic. And we started watching. We actually started watching Waterworld until the boat scene when the nudity was about to happen, and his yeah. mom his mom jumped in and. She's jumped in real quick, turned that off, and popped <laughs> no out. No nudity. Yeah, yeah. So she got in there, cut it off. She knew what was coming, cut it off, and put, popped heavyweights in. Yeah, heavy. Okay, so that was your first time ever with heavyweights watching that movie. Yeah. So, and that, okay, okay, Pete. This is not to be like a judgment or value call or any of that, <laughs> but I know 
I know your mother and I also know my mother and I feel like they have very similar like movie beliefs for children. 100%. And I feel like Robin would not have been cool oh, when I was watching that. No, Robin would not which is probably why we didn't see it. No, Mary I, I don't think Mary would have either, which is why I watched it at Trace's house. <laughs> in our neighbors when we were younger like there was a reason my mom was like nah let's not do that <laughs> no it's true i mean we watched empire records as children which is like really oh my gosh wait so saturday was rex manning day did you celebrate i listened to the soundtrack okay so i didn't but i do listen to sugar high with relative frequency so i celebrate it generally um but yeah okay yeah, we so watched empire records way too <laughs> we did. But here's okay. Here's my thing I've been talking to Pete about for a while. Here's my thing with heavyweights. I really want to know how these child actors in Hollywood felt being cast specifically because they were overweight. Like, I just really wonder about their self confidence as young men. Here's the thing though is okay, so in my time in Los Angeles, <laughs> I've come across several former child stars, primarily as my Uber drivers. <laughs> Macaulay yeah, Culkin? No, my favorite no, was one of York. the three ninjas. Jen Metz frequently goes to Macaulay Culkin parties, which I find to be the most Wait, fascinating really? thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, when we're, there in, when we're in New York in August, after we see Anastasia, we can go hang out with Macaulay Culkin. Do we want um, to do that? I don't know. Hi. So, but I feel like they had no sense of what they were doing as children. That's the takeaway I get. Oh, child actors had no idea? Because, like, Zach Davis was a child actor. Who's Zach Davis? And, like, yeah. school with us. And one of my coworkers at my old job was a child actor. And she's just like, I would, she's like, all I remember about being on set all the time was, like, I got to eat whatever I want because there was craft services. Like, yeah. that is the whole <laughs> <laughs> Now, who... Like, you have to come join in on this. Who do you think know. reaps the benefits of that? It's got to be the parents just taking all, you know, like, obviously the kids are too young to be responsible for the money, so the parents get it. Do you think they put it in, like, a fund for I their kids, or they just hold on to it? And I do think there's this misconception that actors make a lot more money than they do. Like, you make a ton of money if you're Scarlett Johansson. You don't make a ton of money if you're just, like, a regular working actor. Right. So I think unless unless you're like a you're in a sitcom that gets syndicated, mm -hmm. you don't make all that much money. But if you think about child star cases like Jenny Lewis, like her mom definitely screwed her over and took all of her money. Kelsey feels very strongly about Jenny. I Lewis. love. Yeah, she's my queen. Wait, who is okay. Jenny Lewis? Jenny Lewis, True Beverly Hills. Child in Jupiter Hills. She, she's now a she's now a really great musician, but she was in Golden Girls. She did a lot of like sitcom spots like that. Um, she was super popular in the in the like mid eighties. What what did her parents or what did her mom do to, to? I don't think her mom did much. I think a lot of that money went to support her drug addiction. Okay. But don't oh, quote me on that. That's her. really sad. Her, mo her mother's. <laughs> oh, it went to her mother's drug addiction. So, oh, okay. I thought. 
just like even like childlike musicians like Leon Rhymes and all those people who end up like firing their parents as their managers later on. Right. Like, there's definitely some sort of weird. But then there's like Britney rep- Spears, whose dad I think still controls her estate. Yeah, but that yeah. was like because do you remember when I was in college? That was like she went psychotic and yeah. shaved her head. Yeah, she that's right. Down. She did. There's a great South Park episode that. She can survive 2007. We're all good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so like back to heavyweights. So these child actors were cast for being fat. Yes. <laughs> this is Annie's major concern. Wait, you never made Pete do um, a synopsis of what the film's about. Oh my gosh, I never made you do a synopsis. Can you tell us briefly what the movie's about? Right, right, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll start from the top. What it is is uh, a, a young, overweight boy. How old would you say he is? Maybe 11, 12? No, he's, he's 13. Oh, you guys cracking open a new, uh, a new bottle of the California grape? <laughs> bottle number two! <laughs> um... This one's gonna be a Bordeaux. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh this one is from another country. That sounds it's a product in France. So very fancy. Are you gonna post that to Insta? Tag good film hunting. No, oh my gosh, I, I haven't snap. been on Instagram in so long, aka like almost forty days. Except when you were in Singapore and Bali. Yes. Yes, you're right. Okay, but we need to get back to, I didn't mean to distract with my drinking, but. <laughs> yeah, synopsis. The synopsis. Um, yeah, so is Jared, Jared Gardner is a young, I, I would say he's about 12 years old, wouldn't you say? I think 13. 13, 12, 13 year old, you know, overweight, overweight child, comes home from school one day and, you know, there's a salesman in his living room, has a promotional video for a summer camp. And his dad and mom obviously put the salesman up to this. And it's, it's you know, the summer camp looks great. It, you know, the blob, go-karts, swimming, diving, all the good things about fishing, all the good things about summer. But towards the end, he starts to see it's all fat kids in there. And it's a fat camp <laughs> that is promoting kids to get out and get active, which actually is it's it's a good, a it's good a great idea. And Michelle great, Obama would be behind it. That's 100% right. Michelle Obama <laughs> would be behind it. And... It's great, it's great, and but then he doesn't like. Obviously, if I, you know, you're 13 years old and your parents are putting up, to, he he's against it, so he doesn't like it. He's like, all right, my parents are calling me fat. I don't want to do this. Anyway, they force him to go. The kids who he meets are all awesome kids. They're all, you know, overweight, but they're saying telling him how awesome this camp is. Right. And it's supposed to be a great summer camp where you're out outside all the time doing active things. And they, as they're pulling up in the bus, they see one of the children there, like, oh, no, waving them off, like something's wrong, like, like you see in a horror movie. <laughs> and what happened was, yeah, you, I, 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 like the scene is, I think we already passed the scene, but he's like there waving a stick, like, things have changed, things have changed. And, it's true. <laughs> and so, it's just like that. <laughs> So they get there, and the two grandparents, um, one of them is actually Jerry Stiller, Ben Stiller's yeah, dad. Yeah, yeah, Ben yeah. Stiller's dad. Mm-hmm. And, um... Wait, is the other one his mom? Is Anna Mira the other actress? I forget. Who, who his mom, or one of the older people, is that Ben Stiller? It could be. <gasps> Lars! Anna Mira? She died recently. Let's look. That's sad. Okay, Wait, continue. Continue. <laughs> okay. Um, and, uh... 
so they get there and it turns out that the older couple that run the camp and made it so great and all the kids looked up to sold the camp to uh tony perkis is his name <laughs> tony perkis and, uh, tony perkis is played by ben stiller <laughs> And his dad is supposedly the lighting king of Philadelphia or, yes. or Pennsylvania. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And his dad bought the camp. I, I guess the older couple was struggling. And the dad bought the camp. And Tony's story is Tony was a fat kid growing up. And Tony turned it around. And Tony is now in tip-top like shape. super fit. Super like fit. cross-fit, scary. Tony. Tony. To Tony. Tony. He, Tony turned it around. Tony. <laughs> Now I want to watch West Side Story. Okay. And, <laughs> <laughs> Officer Krupke. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Tony really turned it around, and but he became like too obsessed with it, and he doesn't agree with anyone who doesn't like you know his fitness is his life, blah blah. blah. And he turns his camp into it's basically like a prison, not a prison camp, but. Oh no! It's the like, kids don't like it. Yeah, it's he he, he makes these kids so uncomfortable. Then the question is, how is this different from dodgeball? His um, character is the exact same. He played his dodgeball character is the exact same as good old Tony Perkis. <laughs> it is. If you watch dodgeball, you're and you you're like it's the exact same. Okay, we're God bless you. We are watching this movie right now, but like on mute, and we're just at the part where he's trying to shame them into getting skinny. So he brings like the girls over, and they're all like judging these fat boys. But then there's like that one angelic moment where they come together, and the really pretty girl in the white dress goes up to our, you know, main character and falls in love. I right. Mean, seemingly at 13. They all have a great time. It's a beautiful moment. And as soon as the girl. Well, what was that, Eleanor? In the spite of the fatness, there can be love. Oh my God, there's passionate love, <laughs> and they. Uh, but as soon as like they clicked, they started clicking. Tony Perkins came in there and put an end to it real quick. Real quick, but okay. Also, if we're gonna talk about passionate love in spite of fatness, we need to talk about this love story. Oh, introduce us to these characters. Pete, well, I know they're beautiful. Nurse Julie is the babe nurse at the camp. Babe. And I, I, man, what's his, oh, Pat. His name's Pat, but I can't remember. And Pat's like. Pat, Pat is not, not skinny. Pat's, yeah. Pat's like the counselor, the lead counselor who's been there for like 30 years. Never got a real job. Just loved doing that summer, that summer gig. And um, I think Pat falls for Nurse Julie. No, she. you don't even just think, you know. He's definitely, like, in love with her, like, cannot be around her, can't form sentences at one point. Oh, that's right, at the beginning, yeah. yeah. He couldn't even tell her where the infirmary was. Okay, now the question being, is that what love is? The inability to form sentences. Well, <laughs> um, that depends. Yeah. A, a few more bottles of the uh, California grape, and we'll all have inability to... <laughs> I mean, that's what my love is based on for sure. Why? Like five months? I know. She's getting married. Oh, congrats! Thanks, Mazel, as my people say. (laughs) I'm gonna print you off a card for your wedding of Nurse Julie and Pat, and just be like, I hope your love lasts like theirs. Yeah, we hope your love is as strong and passionate as Pat and Nurse Julie. Me too, Annie. Me too. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, it really is a life-giving love because the two of them kind of save these little boys from being 
torn apart by Tony Perkis. I mean, they kind of revive the camp. They get it back to, like, the fun way. What I think it is heavyweights, like, 40 years in the future, and all these guys are dead from, like, high (laughs) cholesterol. That's right. Well, Tony is doing his best to prevent that. So maybe really Tony's the good guy in this movie. Yeah, it's, oh, twist to this movie. Is Tony Perkis the hero? Do you notice? Okay, let's look up. Let's like really briefly. I'm gonna keep talking. I'm gonna Google the Greek definition of hero, and we're going to measure him. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. Here's. Oh, look. Okay, but I do love this part of the movie. We're still in the dance scene because eventually there's like the one guy who's just like, you know, I'm just gonna go out there and dance, and then they all start dancing, and that's real. Right. Oh, 100 percent. Dancing is contagious. Dancing is contagious. It's one hundred percent. Yes. And look, look, it's love. <laughs> and you notice, um, Eleanor, Annie was telling me that you looked up all these child actors where they're at now, and they're all like lean, mean fighting machines. And then t- didn't uh, you send me that? Lars. Lars is the Maybe one. Who- Did one of them get fat? Lars got it's fat. Also, what is it? Okay, what I th- I think I remember this most from Goonies. Like, what's his name? The pudgy kid who like mm-hmm. only eats Chunk. Butt. Chunk. Chunk. Chunk is now like a personal trainer. Hey, you guys. Yeah. Hey, you guys. Okay. Uh, um. Okay. The main character in this one is too. The main character in this one looks like he's. He's like yeah. A boy band. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's a pretty fit dude. Um, but Lars. So Lars is my favorite character. Um. By far. I think he's so funny. I love his dance moves. I love how weird he is. <laughs> I think I'd be friends with Lars. I, I really do. I would absolutely be friends with Lars. Where is that accent from? <laughs> Lars? Scandinavia? Yeah. Scandinavia? But it has to be a okay. fake accent. So let's, okay, are we ready to measure the qualities of a hero? Tony Perkins. I'm ready. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Okay. Embrace of mortality. No, Tony do- Tony doesn't do that. Tony thinks he is immortal. <laughs> okay. Does he have superhuman abilities? Yeah, I would, I would say yes. Yeah. Does he sometimes display unheroic behavior? Oh. All mo- the time. <laughs> we would say most times. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Does he have an impermanent death? Can he come back from the beyond? We we, we, we don't of... know for certain <laughs> yet because he hasn't been tested. <laughs> but I wouldn't bet too much against that. <laughs> I wouldn't okay. Be. He seems okay. to eat a lot so of protein. Unfortunately, because he did not accept his own mortality, we cannot classify him as a hero. Oh, damn. Jang. Damn, but if wait, that's kind of a. Those are kind of bookend questions because can he accept his own mortality and can he come back from the dead? Right. I I agree that it's problematic, but I mean the Greeks are the basis of our current governmental system, so we have to accept everything they say as good to go. So Tony's not a hero. Tony's not a hero. Is he a villain? I don't know. I would say I would say he's a villain. I mean, he really does like freak out at the end of this movie. Like he goes like really nuts. 
Okay. Annie, so I have a question for you. Is it time for your favorite moment oh, of the podcast? Oh, it is my favorite. Okay, so my favorite in the middle of the podcast, Pete and Kelsey. I don't know if you've listened to this podcast, but we have a moment of what we like to call radical honesty, which is really just like an airing of grievances, if you will, or just something you need to get off your chest. So um, I love it. It's my favorite part of this podcast. <laughs> That's not true, but it is a favorite part of mine. Okay, shall I go first yes, again? you have to show us an example. Yeah. Okay. So, radical honesty here. I, like, I don't really get angry very often, and my coworkers never hear me vent because I, like, try to stay positive as much as possible. And today, I was so pissed at my co-teacher. I shouldn't be saying this online. She, what if she's a listener? <laughs> I got so mad at one of my coworkers that I was venting about her to other coworkers, and they were like, "Whoa, this never happens! Like, keep going." And I was like, "I can't." And but then I just like the the fury just kept coming out of me. So um, I actually like had to go work out and like throw really heavy balls against the <laughs> ground. Like I did that. I did like ball slams. I was like, "This thirty pounds." Ugh! Um, you did Tony Perkins slams. I did. I did Tony Perkins slams. And I really hate that this is true, and I feel like it makes me a bad person, but I kind of was picturing her face as I threw <coughs> things against the ground. That's very good. So, common. radical honesty, maybe there's a little bit of aggression in me. Who knew? Who knew? Mm. Yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> it's acceptable. Okay. And she was the one who sparked this fury? Yeah, she's making a lot of mistakes right now. Was it like a buildup of the children, the noise, the noise, and the noise of the children, and then she just pushed you over the edge, or was it no, like one hundred percent? No, she lost her shit. She, she just like she, she's kind of mean to the children. Oh. So it's just like a really negative environment. Okay. Yeah. That's not good. No, it's not. Okay, it's other not people's radical that. honesty. I've got one. So today we. We went, instead of going to work, all my coworkers and I went to go see poppies in one of the state parks. And we were in this car for a long time. And one, I, I like sing along to every single song. And one of my coworkers kept being like, I love that you're singing in my ear. And I think he was lying, but I'm not sure because he's Czech. And he's like heavily jet lagged. And so. That's so funny. Radical honesty, like, I'm nervous that people lie to me because I think I intimidate them because I'm louder than they are. You know what? <laughs> I actually think that that's probably true for a lot of people. I mean, and it's, it's, been told, it's been told to me by, like, now many close friends that, like, they'll meet me and they're like, you freaked me out at first. And I'm like, that's not a good characteristic. <laughs> <laughs> Say you didn't freak me out. Victory. That's my rap. <laughs> I was jealous of your extra. Oh, that's a good piece of radical honesty to admit jealousy. Oh, that's yeah. radically honest. That was radically honest. Well done, Kelsey. So, Pete, what, what's your <laughs> radical <laughs> honesty? <laughs> She'll be back. <laughs> Where'd you go? The facilities? You know, just getting stuff done. Oh, I see. Eleanor is such a weirdo. Okay. Eleanor, what radical honesty is going on back there? Yeah. 
what? We, I, I wasn't aware this was going to be my wine, my wine Monday, but I, I love it. Yeah, so do I. I'm so glad this is happening. But you still haven't done Radical Honesty. Okay. Hmm. My Radical Honesty right now is, it's something I've been working on for a long time. Well, 2017, my New Year's resolution. Okay. Is okay. It, it, and it, it's like kicking in in full effect right now because we're on a podcast. But it's like, my radical honesty is I'm working so hard to like try to not talk over people or and just just listen more. So, and that is so cute. I don't think you guys understand how hard like I'll be like especially with the little lag going on in the computer. That's so hard. they'll be talking and Eleanor will like make a point and then there will be a lag in the computer and I'm like all right this is my chance to jet in but I'm like nope New Year's resolution I gotta sit back. So this is so cute. If I if I'm, I'm being radically honest, and you guys are laughing in my face. <laughs> so, I'm working on it, and but I need to be put in, in, in place, too. Oh. I think I'm doing a good job, but for me, a good job still might not be good for most people. So, if I'm over-talking in this podcast and talking over people, I need well, you guys, you, know. you need to be radically honest okay. with me. Okay, and okay. So far, so good. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so now we have to move on kind of towards the end of our podcast, which is sad because this has been delightful. Um, but our main question for this podcast is, would we recommend this movie to young children of today? Um, and if so, why? Or like your answer, why? Eleanor, do you, I didn't make that question up. You just give me a look no, like I'm, she's going off no, book. And I'm like, I'm not going off book. <laughs> Immediately, I'm like, no, because I feel like taken out of severe context, this would, I think it would be very jarring. I would hope it would be jarring for a youth of today to be like, whoa, like there was like a whole realm of comedy that was only situated around people being fat. Mm. Don't you? Mm. Oh, let's go. I feel like that's jarring. Like back in the day, that was like, back in the 90s, that was like a thread. You know what I mean? Like, there was always, like, the fat character who was funny. And I think that's really kind of... And it was interesting, like, so talking to one of our relatives who is a TV writer, John Bowen, who's fascinating. And I love talking yeah. to him about sitcoms. Like, I mean, and I remember this one he made about the Mindy Project, and it, like, really stuck with me. And he's like, what is so fascinating about that show is that it's a woman who thinks she should be the lead character in the 90s would have been the best friend. And it's so true. And I think, like, now we've, like, really, for the most part and for the better part, like, moved away from this very severe kind of, like, characterizing of people in particular roles. And I feel like this would be backtracking. So I would hope it would be, like, very jarring. So right. maybe in that sense, I would recommend it to kids to be like, wow, we've made such progress. Hopefully. <laughs> well, but, um, no, that's a good point, too, because in the 90s, you're totally right. Like, if you even remember, like, Chris Farley, who came in at the end of the 90s, oh, fatty fall down, everybody laugh. <laughs> and, like, he was, like, one of my favorite. Like, he was one of my favorites of all time. And, um, yeah, it's strange. I'm, I'm happy you brought, you came back to that point, because it's something I wanted to mention earlier we should have went more into, is how it's changed from, like, it used to always be a fat character that was yeah. just so funny. And I don't know what it is about it, like, but it, it, it like, make I don't know, maybe it's because they make people, they're just jolly, generally jolly, but... <laughs> 
I don't know. Back in the nineties, like, right, one hundred percent. Eleanor, also something's happening right now where you just sounded, sounded like, like an alien. alien. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, okay Eleanor I cannot wait for you to hear this part of the podcast because you like legitimately uh, sound like an alien <laughs> uh, any anybody who's listening live right now is like what the hell is going on over there when did she turn into the alien from Independence Day? That was pretty sweet. That's my dream. So everything has come to fruition. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. That was pretty cool. That was. I, I mean, it continues, I think. Um, I think that I would have kids watch this movie. I think it's pretty funny. Um, and I know it is like making fun of... I mean, just, like, intrinsically, the comedy comes from these kids being, like, overweight. But I think at the end of the day, it does have a good message about, you know, you people who are fat can fall in love. <laughs> the dream. Um, but also just to, like, be yourself and enjoy your time, right? Because they could be there losing weight at this fat camp, but they decide that, like, no, we're going to reclaim this and we're going to just, like, have a good time. So They're going to own their fat identity. Exactly. Well, well, you know what? It also shows you that... I don't know, once you, like, the whole time, like, the whole movie, once you got in, after the first about 10, 15 minutes, because they, they're all such good friends, and they all yeah. bonded so much together, yeah. without, within the first, after maybe about 15, 20 minutes, you forget that they're all fat. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm dead serious. You can see past the fatness. No, it's true. No, I, like, you forget that they're fat, and you're just like, all right, that's, that's, uh, Josh, he's going out, and he's gonna, you know, sneak him in the candy in the back, and... And that's like, uh, you know, like it. You just totally forget that they're fat, and I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I don't know. But it was good. I think I'll. I would still let kids watch this movie. <laughs> I had not seen this movie until like a month ago, so I don't think I watched it as a child, which changes my perception of it. I mean, as Kelsey is my witness, like she knows that there were certain movies that were deemed like standard that you and I just missed. Yeah, like Hocus Pocus. Oh, yeah. I've never seen it. I've seen it. Wait, Pete, yeah. were you allowed to watch it as a child? I don't think so. A lot of movies. <laughs> <I didn't> no. Mama <laughs> <laughs> loves witches. Deb loves witches. <laughs> Wait, I might be confusing. <laughs> Wait, what's what, what was the, like, the, I might be confusing Hocus Pocus with Kraft. Like, which one was, like, the real, uh, like. Hocus Pocus with Bette Midler. Yeah, um, but even still, like, the whole thing. <laughs> Like, like the virgin left the candle. It's, the it's virgin all about virginity. Okay, yeah. okay. I know and what we're talking about. Film. About virginity. About yeah. virginity. Yeah. It's, like, it's crazy. It's amazing. They I sacrificed know. the virgin and the, the powers. <laughs> it would have never flown in our circles. He lit the candle. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, what if we one time did like a Willow's Northridge movie special where we all talk about the movies we weren't allowed to watch? Like I still haven't seen all of Titanic at one time because my mom would stop as they were having sex skip forward, and then we could watch the end of the movie. <laughs> oh, the part in the, uh, in the, the car. car. Yeah. In the car. It's well, iconic. Like when I first saw A Walk to Remember, my dad fast-forwarded the entire beginning 
where they made where they bullied the kid into oh. jumping into the um what was it like a dam? Yeah, because yeah. you had the cop. Yeah, so he would skip that. John Moore was real strict. He's not though now with 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 his son. Yeah, <laughs> he, he exhausted himself on you with it. With all two right. daughters. Yeah, yeah, all right. Two daughters, and then my brother's twelve. So so they're like, we've done this before. We yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. He's like, <laughs> 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 my heart is broke. <laughs> it's okay. Teddy's turning twenty-five in two days, and I'm gonna have a meltdown. <laughs> yeah, Teddy. Teddy's great though. Anyway, he's so funny. Okay, but Kelsey. Yes, youth of today. Youth of today. Were they? Well, I was trying to think about my brother because he is. He's thir- he's thirteen. He's the youth of today. And whether he would enjoy a film like this. And I have to remember that one. He's gone through puberty, so he just doesn't enjoy anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he's so moody and mean. Um, <laughs> But I, I, <laughs> I feel like he would. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I think he I don't would. Think he would I, don't I think, think he, he would find it funny. Much. I think he would kind of chuckle. You know, his little like. Yeah. Uh, but he. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you know. But like he wouldn't. Cool. He wouldn't get it in the same way that we did, because yeah. we were surrounded by the same trope over and over again. But I think that's a good thing because I, I do know that, like, he and his friends, especially, like, growing up, like, you know, where we are in, like, in a suburban-type neighborhood and with everything that's been going on, I think that's a good, I don't know, it makes me hopeful for everything that's kind of happening politically and that he's, like, kind of on the right track, not to, like, make this, like, morbid, but mm-hmm. it is one of my worries, like, daily. <laughs> The youth of today. The youth of today. What are they actually thinking? You know? Yeah. So that's right. interesting. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I really enjoyed this film. I thought it was very funny. For watching it as, as for the first time as a 26 year old, thought it was very funny. Um but yeah, I think I would like kids watch it today. I don't but know. But here here's another thing though. I I view this movie very similar to Dodgeball, and I would always choose choose Dodgeball over heavyweights. Always. Okay. I would agree with that, but I think no heavyweights, no dodgeball. That's what I think. <laughs> Seriously. You can only have dodgeball with heavyweights. Did you guys know Judd Apatow did this movie? Heavyweights. Never. Right. Yeah. Judge Judd Apatow did this movie. I think he. I don't know if he actually. This is, I believe this is how Judd Apatow and Paul Feig met, and then they did Freaks and Geeks together, and that just uh, started Paul Feig's career, because up until that point, I think his only work had been as Sabrina's science teacher in the first season of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yes. Right. Paul Feig, was, Paul Feig was our commencement speaker in grad school. Yes. Oh, that's yes. pretty sweet. Where, where are you? He was actually... Uh, we went to USC for grad school for film. Okay. He was a terrible public speaker. Oh, he was bad? He's probably yeah, just he, he rambled. He just rambled. She who who spoke before him? She was oh, Robert Downey Jr.'s wife, which yeah, I know I shouldn't refer to her as Susan Downey. She was great. Shout out to Susan Downey. Oh, can you imagine the 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 just the bizarre situation Susan Downey has been in? Back back when Robert was really tying him on. Oh yeah, he was like they a, weren't together then. They, they weren't. Were? No, they were not. I actually really do like their story because. She was working behind set on Gothica, the like horror film that was Robert Downey Jr. Halle, Halle Berry, Day. right? And he kept asking her out, and she's like, "I don't do stuff like 
with like in front of camera talent. You guys are like very shallow. I don't believe in you. And he was just very persistent and kept asking her out. Oh, that's really sweet. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like it. Yeah. And didn't he like turn his life around too? Because he was like a drug addict. Oh, he was he? he was awful. Yeah, he, he was great. Yeah, he was great. Think about Robert Downey Jr. is he spoke some publicly about being like, guys, like you forgave me, like maybe it's time to give Mel Gibson a chance, which uh, they did in the 2017 uh, Academy Awards. Because here's the thing: is like I saw Hacksaw Ridge and I wanted to hate it, but it was like a it very was really movie. good. That's yeah. what I heard. It was I really heard it was good. Great. It was good. Didn't you? I didn't see it. It's like it's upsetting how good it is. <laughs> I was like. But then I, I was like, I was like, oh, I can accept Mel Gibson into my life. And then I found out that he just impregnated like a 26-year-old. And I was like, I can accept you less into my life. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I did think that movie was really good, though. Okay, we got to start wrapping up because I need to not be a monster tomorrow um, like I was today. <laughs> so, okay, our last segment, where in the world right now would you want to be? Okay, I can go because I know immediately. I would really want to go to Peru because I'm on a really big hiking kick and I would love to do Machu Picchu. And also, Francesca was telling me today that the, they recently listed the top 50 best restaurants in the world and two of the top 10 were in Peru. And I love me a good restaurant, so I would want to be in Peru. <laughs> okay, fair. Anybody else? Yeah. Me. I'll go. I would want to go back to Italy because I'm obsessed with Italy and I really want pasta and pizza and hopefully I'll be there around this time next year. Honeymoon? Yeah. We'll see. Honeymoon. We'll see. I want some pasta. That's that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know? I do. Yeah. I I know. uh, I want to be like the Australia and New Zealand area. Oh, yeah. Agreed. It's amazing. With the weather getting nice outside. I just want to, you know, I'm getting in the real outdoorsy type type feeling, and I just want to go but there. Going into their winter. Right, right you're breaking up a little bit. Oh, yeah. So Australia, they're going into their winter? Yeah. It's going into their winter because they're on the other side of the world. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. The southern hemisphere stinks. Well, flowers. Eleanor, thanks for ruining my where I want to be now <laughs> ruining your dreams what if I like what if I like planned a big trip and like you this, just plan it here this is where I want to go California yeah you call the California grapes we'll show you the grapes oh I would love to be showing the California grapes and yeah no I I love all things California Me California too. I love California. all things west coast anything on the west coast I love it so best coast west coast that's right it's so true um okay if i had to choose this is tough there are lots of places i'd want to go i would actually want to be in hawaii right now because um one of my best friends is on her honeymoon today in hawaii yeah no her honeymoon okay i i love third wheeling emily and chris shout out em and chris (laughs) Being their third wheel is one of the true joys of my life, so um, I kind of feel like I'm missing out. I feel like I should have been invited on this honeymoon. So, um, Hawaii. Hawaii. Is that really weird? Yeah, it's really weird. No, it's not. I just, like, love them both so much. Like, they're so great. And we'll just have to come to the Johnsons to do their biannual trip. 
Well, we're going in July. Oh, well, shit. There you go. Hashtag. Today, Michelle sent me the hashtag for their wedding in July, and I liked it, but I immediately forgot about it. I oh. meant to text it to you. Well, okay. Is it Hawaii? Yeah, Hawaii? we're going to Hawaii. Oh, what, what, what part? What island? So, I think we're going to be on... The big island? <laughs> wherever Honolulu is. We're going to be wherever Honolulu I think is. I think that's the big and island. Then, I don't know. Oahu. Oahu. Yeah. And then we were thinking of going oh, to Maui. Did I ever tell you that one of the people I was close to from my old job is a military... <laughs> Is a military caregiver who works on like a retreat center for. Can we stay for free? That's really my only question here. Probably Emily Emmons and I. We were like biffles. I can Facebook friend her. Wait, are we gonna go to Maui or no? Okay, these are conversations for later, I guess. Sorry, podcast listeners. My last name is Harrington. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Stop. Okay. Bye, podcast listeners.